With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Check, uh, R. Dot. Give me, give me a one, two, three, four, ten, twenty-four. 
Right. Check, check. Mic check. One, two, one, two. I hope I am loud and clear for the people because the New England Patriots have just drafted, and I am not a fan of the New England Patriots. But I hope everybody hears me loud and clear because it is draft day. Jay, I, I hope you got to see some of these Eagles picks, man, because the Eagles are looking like they go to the I saw the first Eagles pick. Um, I, I haven't watched the draft at all, really. I, I just haven't. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's because my interest in college football has greatly diminished since, like, the Michael Vick days. Um, but, you know, it, it's I, – I do know they picked the offensive lineman. And people are somewhat excited about that. I have no idea what else they've done, what else the Eagles have done. They they got a they got a, a big wide receiver which uh, which was a really good move I think you pairing him up with Djack is a good move. <clears throat> uh, he is I'm trying to think of my man's name. Yeah, uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside. He's my man from Stanford. I remember you know I watch a lot of Pac-12 football because I'm a USC fan. Uh, he's a he's a pretty big wide receiver out of Stanford. Big guy six two. Uh, 225, just a big body. I think you put him in, in there with uh, D-Jack. Welcome back to Philly, D-Jack. But uh, I think you put him out there with D-Jack, and they're going to make some noise. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm going to um, – if you're listening on Neutral's Radio, I'm going to send you to music real quick uh, just as I get this this uh, situation, mic, this microphone situation, try to, have, try to fix that real quick. So I'm going to send you some music. But if you're listening live elsewhere, keep on listening. Um we're gonna get this we're gonna get this taken care of. We're gonna get this settled, all right. Um no, I, I haven't had a chance to really see what the um what what has been going on with, with the Eagles and all like that, unfortunately. Um you know, but that being said, I'm gonna see it in September. All right, Doc, give me another give me another mic check. Mic check. One, two, one, two, countdown, ten, nine, eight. Seven, six, five, four, three. This is a whole issue two, today. This is a whole issue. One. <laughs> this is a whole issue today. I don't know why. This is why we gotta get back into a studio, man. This is, this ain't working. Keep on talking, our doc. <laughs> yeah, we gotta. We definitely gotta get back into a studio, man. Oh, this Benny Snell. Benny Snell just got picked up. I like that. That's a good move for uh, the Steelers. That is a really good move. That man was probably one of the best running backs in college football this year. And for him to go in the fourth round to the Steelers, who just lost, obviously, their back, who should have been the back of the future. Uh, yeah, this is a good move for the Steelers. I don't like to say Pennsylvania teams, and I definitely don't like to say AFC teams. But, uh Jay, everybody is excited. I'm getting text messages all day long about opening day tomorrow. We've got a lot of people that are excited. I think I might only have 10 or 12 players on the roster available for us tomorrow. So I may end up playing. I know I said I wasn't. Uh, Man, you're going to play. You're going to play. It's the game I, of baseball. How are you not going to play? Look, That's what I'm going to say. Much, and, and my apologies for the people game. that can't hear, can't hear all that. On the mic, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm working very hard to figure it out. The, everything else is good, but his levels, and I don't know why. Um, oh man, so can you? You can hear yeah, me, but great. they can't hear me. Oh, I can hear you. Um, I can hear you perfectly, but but not everyone can hear you. I don't know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But don't worry. Don't fear. When we come to the um, when we get to the recording, I'm sorry, the replay uh, later on today, you'll be able coming. to hear him just fine. <laughs> So see, that's, see, don't that's, leave us yet. This is this is this is the problem. This is the problem. All right, so we're just gonna keep on going with the show. We're gonna keep it moving. Um, like I said, we're talking we're talking a few things today. We're talking uh, the high school uh, principals instilled a dress code in the Houston high school for parents. They're, they're tired of the parents coming up looking any kind of way. Joe Biden announces the presidential run in 2020 for the 2020 presidency, presidential candidate for the uh, Democratic side. Gary Owens has a N-word tweet that uh, ruffled some feathers. And Meek Mill denied permission to attend the Sixers playoff game by the judge that put him on probation in the first place. Or that. So. Can we start with that one? 
Let's start with Which that. Which one to start with? You want to start with Meek Mill? I would, yeah, man. I definitely want to start with Meek Mill, man. Because, and you, you know, I'm a Miami Heat fan, but yeah, I am a fan of people who are doing the right things, and Meek is definitely doing the right things, man. I mean, the city of Philly just had a whole weekend for Meek because of the things that he has done for the city for the kids of the city, for the city as a whole, and for the judge to carry this vendetta and not allow Philly's new favorite son to come and support the basketball team. when Your basketball team wasn't successful a few years ago. I were, you know, I was a season ticket holder. And I was a season ticket holder when they were absolutely horrible. So, the Sixers now coming into prominence. You have a rap superstar, a hip-hop superstar. Actually, I don't even want to call him a rap superstar. He is a music superstar at this point. He's ascended into that level, even though he's just a, considered a rapper. He's a music superstar right now. And to take him away from his ability to support the city the way that he wants to, when he's doing so much positive in the community and for the city of Philadelphia, I think this judge, we should all be writing letters to the Pennsylvania Bar Association for her conduct. I mean, and, and I hate to say something like that to, for people to take a stand that could potentially have ramifications of somebody's employment, but this is, it's super detrimental to the morale of the city and especially of Meek, and I saw the the uh, the post that uh, the Sixers owner had posted about the judge, basically saying that he sent lawyers to her courtroom trying to get her to respond because she was blatantly ignoring the request because she knew she had no justification to stop Meek, and I just think that it's horrible as. Especially as people of color. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it, let's let's think about this. She does have justification to stop me. If you really want to, if you really want to call it that, he's still on probation. I mean, but is he a risk? He's trying to fight for that to change, and we all understand that. But technically, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't mean he's not on probation. He's still on probation. Correct. So, I mean, as unfair as it is. She's well within her judicial rights to stop him. So I, I think she, we, she's we, going, we don't have to like it. But she's going to the point where she won't even hear the request. And I think that we know that she is doing this out of spite because there has been a level of embarrassment that's been associated with everything that's gone on with this entire situation. And you know, in some in some way, she put herself in that situation by doing the things that she did. And right. we know that Meek wasn't a risk for anything else that he was doing. And you have a weekend. Well, the city of Philly has a weekend to celebrate Meek Mill and his activism and his support of the city and promotion of positive things and for her to just blatantly ignore the fact that they're trying to get this request approved. And it's just a request. I believe that it wouldn't be as publicized if she just came out and said no, because again, like you said, she has the legal justification. No, he's on probation. Here's the result. But for her to just blatantly ignore it says, hey, yeah, I'm going to shut this down by not even acknowledging the fact that you exist right now. And I think that's where when we get into talking about the justice system and remembering the Pledge of Allegiance that ends with justice for all, we know that what Meek did, what, 10 years ago? He's still paying the price for it right now. I understand it. But in what he's done and what he's meant for his contributions to society in those last 10 years, can you really sit here and justify that he can't go to a basketball game 
to support his city. Well, let's, let's not let's just, not forget that the basketball game is in another country. Right, but if if, if it's it not was like it's a game for him in if it was for him to be considered a flight risk, he wouldn't be allowed to go anywhere else. So it's not like he's going to put himself in a position where he's going to go to Canada and never come back to avoid his one year, I think it's like 16, 18 months remaining on his probation. I don't not, think he's not, going to put himself. I, I don't believe that he would put himself in that type of position to violate his probation, go back to jail for something that he's trying to dissociate himself with. I think, I just think that it's kind of like when you're in jail and they talk about parole and they talk about letting someone out. Uh, One thing that they always talk about is, is the person rehabilitated and are they going to be a contributing member of society? So he's, he's out of jail. We see for a fact that he's a contributing member of society and he's looking to help make changes that could help others positively and others that are impacted by a justice system that wasn't always fair for everyone. Or, well, it still isn't fair for everyone. And he's trying to impact that in positive ways. So when you look at what he's doing right now, it's hard to say this man poses a threat. Because the only reason, the only justification that you could give for not allowing him to travel would be that he poses some type of threat to someone somewhere. And I really don't think that it makes any sense to allow him to continue to do the things that he does in our community. And then to say that he is not a contributing member and he poses a threat by leaving and going to a basketball game or a basketball series. Let's just say he stays in Toronto for the three days that cover the two home games in Toronto. Is he that much of a threat to be gone that long? I I just, I can't understand the personal justification. I, I completely understand that legally he is still on probation, and that is the only justification that's needed. But she could at least say, yes, this is my reasoning. And she hasn't gone as far even to mention a word about anything related to Meek Mill right now. And it's just blatant ignoring of the situation as opposed to just addressing it like a like a judge, somebody appointed by the people to be fair and just in these situations. She's just blatantly ignoring the situation like it doesn't exist. And I think that's really unfair to Meek. Uh, and it's unfair to the Sixers organization who have invested so much in the Meek Mill in hoping that he would be there to support them. Two one five three eight three three nine nine two. The number to call. Meek Mill denied denied to do the ten Sixers game in Toronto tonight uh, by the judge that has put him on probation. That by the judge that has been alleged that has a personal vendetta against Meek Mill. And um, you know what do you think about that? You can hit us up. Let give us a call. And if you're only hearing me on the stream, if you're still with us and, and you're, you're on newtoysradio.com and you're trying to figure out why you can't hear who I'm talking to or you can't hear why I'm like silent for long periods of time is because you cannot hear our dot for some reason. I don't know what's going on here. I haven't changed anything. I don't think, but you know, we're just having those technical difficulties. Now when I, when I'm able to get everything together where I want it to be together, we won't have these problems. Well, actually we probably still will have some problems because nothing's perfect, but (laughs) it is what it is. 215-383-3992. 215-383-3992. Like I said, it's the number to call. Hit us up. Let us know what you think about the uh, Meek Mill situation. Also, today we're going to be talking about Gary Owens and his N-word tweet. We're going to be talking about Joe Biden announcing his election, his, his candidacy for the Democratic um, Democratic side of the of the pres, of president. I, I, I can't get it out. I can't get it. Joe Biden announced that he's running for president. All right. Oh, go on. I, I, there you have it. <laughs> And then we have the high school principal that instilled a dress code for the parents of their students. That's a high school down in, in Houston, Texas. And uh, I did want to get into that. Uh, but, uh, quite 
quite a bit of mixed reactions to that are that surprisingly enough quite a bit of mixed reactions to that um and you know i i've heard people make valid points on both sides right and there's there's my donald trump on both sides people agree people make valid points on both sides however i'm on one side of the issue and I believe because I heard your opinion earlier this week, I believe you're on one side of the issue, unless you, you know, change, shift the gears on. I'm on one side of this issue, but I'm gonna let you address it first, R. Dot, because um, because I like to let you address things first, and then I'll come back and I'll say what I got to say. But go ahead. Man, I don't know what side of the issue I'm on anymore. I I, I just want to be honest. I am. I think. I think that I am 100% okay with this, but I'm more like 95% okay with it. Uh, I was never that kid that got in trouble at school so their parents showed up, but I was that kid that made fun of the kid whose parents showed up. And I don't know if if it still happens this way now, because, you know, my kids are good kids. I haven't had to go to the school. I haven't had any issues. Uh, So back in my day, and I sound so old saying this, but when kids had an issue in class, what would happen is they would bring your mama into the school and your mama would walk to your classroom door. So everybody in the class can see, whose mom is at the, they see somebody's mama's at the door. And that's when the speculation starts. Whose mama is that? So depending on how mad mama looked and how she came in in her appearance, because, you know, usually if you get a call from school, it's during the day. You might, mama might be at work. Mama might be at home. Uh, she might be getting ready for work. She might have, you know, she might be in her roller. She might be in her bonnet. She might be in her hairnet. Uh, she might be in some pajamas because her day has not started yet. Uh, so it was a level of embarrassment that was associated with your parent showing up to school. Uh, so I do think that, yes, there's a, there's always going to be that level of embarrassment for parents that have to show up to school. But I, I think that if you are going to expect a certain level out of your child, then we should represent ourselves in the right way. So I don't think while some of the things, you know, pajamas, slippers, bonnets, rollers. I don't think that those things are extremely appropriate in coming to a school and being seen by, you know, an administrative staff, by your child, by your child's friends, by your child's enemies, because your kid may not be the most popular person there. Um, It just paints a picture that I really don't think should occur because it causes a distraction. Uh, it causes an unnecessary distraction. And I won't even say that sometimes it's just a mess because in looking at some of the things that were banned, uh, I know it was saying like, Hey, you can't come in tights. You can't come in mini skirts. Uh, these are distractions for adolescents. Uh, I just think that while we want to present the right images, I think that it was a good step to, to say that, yeah, there should be, a measure of a dress code for parents coming into the school. So I am still 95%, and I I might even change that to about 92%. I'm about 92% in agreement with the school in Houston that's implementing that dress code. What about you? Well, let's see. Well, I'm very – I'm one that is very – I'm in agreement with it. And I'm in the grid. Some of the things that they had on, like you said, the satin bonnet caps, bonnet, whatever they call it, those satin caps, hair rollers, um, leggings. I'm not really, I'm not really that much against the leggings. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I mean, that's just, you know, that's women wear those now. Women wear all these things, right? But some of these things you wear in, in indoors, 
you wear them to bed. Some of the things you just wear, um, you just you know, some of these things probably you don't want to wear them out in public. Just is what it is. Um, but coming to a school now, you're now you're talking about a whole different situation. Coming to a school where it is a professional environment, whether or not you want to say. Um, whether or not you want to say it, it's a professional environment or not, it is a professional environment at school. There are people there, are professional teachers there. Your student is a student. You should want to prevent, present yourself, excuse me, you should want to present yourself in a certain way, I feel. I just think you should want to. I mean, why wouldn't you want to? Now, all situations are different, right? You get called, you're at home, whatever the case may be, you, you, you have a reason as to why you're dressed the way you are, and you're, you're called up to the school because your child is causing trouble, right? You don't give a doggone about how you look. You give a doggone about your child causing trouble, and you're going up there to straighten that out, right? right. Or straighten somebody out. Right. But in the, in, in the case, in the, the particular case here, Parents were going up to the school to enroll their kids in school. So now you're talking about, you know, putting your kids in school, but you, you got the hair rollers in your hair. You got, you know, the bonnets on your hair. To me, and I don't know these people from Adam, but it, 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 it gives off the type of thing where you're saying you don't care about how, you know, you're, you're representing your family. You don't, you really don't care about your parents. Now you might be working on your appearance, right? You might be keeping the hair, uh, underneath the, underneath the, the body. You might be keeping the hair, you know, ready for, you know, what maybe your next function or maybe you're going out or getting ready for work or whatever the case may be. But now you're going up to your, your child's school looking any kind of way. And, like I say, like I say, we're here to educate, entertain, and agitate. So if you're offended by what I say, I really don't care. I really don't care. Actually, I'm happy if you're offended by what I say. Okay. Um, why would you want to go up to your child's school with those things on? And I'm just talking about the, the hair curlers. I'm just talking about the, the satin bonnet. I, personally, Arda, I'm going to tell you right now. Anybody who knows me knows. I personally hate the bonnet. Personally. I, <laughs> I just do. I just personal <laughs> preference, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I always have. I've never liked word. the satin bonnet. It is a very strong word, and I'm using it. I hate the bonnet. Okay? It looks like, you know what it reminds me of? What was that cartoon character? Um, it reminds me of uh, uh, Strawberry Shortcake, I think it is. You ever see Strawberry Shortcake, the little cartoon or animated uh, little girl, and she has like a bonnet on her head? Right? Yeah. I guess it's cute for her, but it's not cute for a grown woman. It's not cute for a teenager. It's cute for a cartoon. That's about it. Now, I did get a text message earlier, you know, when I sent out the text message about the show. I got a text message that said, what if your child comes to your job looking the way, looking this way? How you, you know, how you, how you feeling about that? You okay with that? If you're okay with that, then you're absolutely okay with going to your child's school looking like that. So, you know, it is what it is. Can't I can't? There's nothing I can do to 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 debate you because you're okay with it. But if you're not okay with it, why would you want to go to your child's school like that? Two one five three eight three three nine nine two is the number to call. Let me tell you something. You got a lot of people to talk about. They they couldn't wait for us to talk about this show. And then when it comes time for the to to to, and I know we're having technical difficulties. But once it comes time to call in and talk about it, they don't want to call. You know, it is what it is. If you're if you are hearing me right now, and you can't hear R dot, just send me a text message. Let me know, and I'll give you another link where you can hear R dot. I don't know what's going on with, with the situation, but we you know we're still the show must go on. Um, I see, and okay, so I saw multiple reports from the area from where this is Houston. Right, and the the people that were angry all had like bonnets on. <laughs> like, they all had bonnets on. 
the people that were mad. They, they, the people that were mad were the ones that were dressed like that. But, so I need somebody to call, try to call and change my mind about that. Right? That's what I want. That's what I'm going to hear. I, you, if you call and agree with me, that's fine too. You can call too. But I really want to hear people that do not agree with me. Now, there, I did get a text message from somebody that said, you know, these kids should be lucky that their parents are even involved. At, good point. Good point. They they should be they should be happy that their parents are involved. That's great. Parents should be involved, right? That's you know that's the job. It's part of a job being a parent, being involved. Um, if you're going to be involved, you know, pre, pre, set the example of presenting yourself in 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 a in a presentable way. Okay, let's do that. I have a friend. Um, I have a friend I grew up with, and I was house, and sometimes it would be early. You know, when you're a kid, you get up early. And it would be early. I'd stop, go by his house and play uh, Genesis or something like that. And, you know, they would be cleaning up, you know, stuff like that, straightening up. And his dad would say, you know, come on, we got to make the house look presentable. I've never forgotten that. Never forgotten that. Got to make the house look presentable. And that is something that, you know, I've I've carried with me. Got to make the house look presentable. Got to make yourself look presentable. Now, I admittedly do not always go out the house. I don't go out the house with a bonnet on my head, but I will go out the house with sweats and all like that. Many people do. But I'm a lot of times going out to a baseball field, to a gym, to some type of practice. I'm not going out to an element, to an environment where I need to be having on, you know, shoes, slacks, shirt tie, and all like that. I try to keep myself groomed. You know, with my schedule, you know, sometimes I miss a day where I can't shave my face or my head and something like that. But I try to keep myself groomed, keep myself smelling good. You know what I mean? Keep my keep my keep my face clean. Try to keep my elbows from being ashy. It's all about presenting yourself. How do you want to present yourself to the world? How do you want the world to see you? Some people don't care. Or that I know you care. I can't I can't yeah, remember one time. Lady. I can't remember one time in my life where I've seen you or died and said, damn, he looked raggedy. Can't remember one time. Now, it's probably a little more difficult for a man to look raggedy because for us, it's easy. We can throw anything on and we'll be cool. I go out with ball shorts right. and a T-shirt, and I'm good. You know what I mean? Put some slides on my I'm good. Okay. Um, women, you know, they have they have, um, they have to go through a lot of things to to have to make themselves presentable. They got they have to you know have their hair, make sure their hair is done the way they want it to be done. You know what I mean? They they just can't go out wearing the same stuff that we wear and and be accepted. And that's a double standard. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's just not my fault. There are double standards in this world. One of those being the N word. We spoke about that last week. One of those double standards being the N word. We'll talk about that later with Gary. Okay. Well, but the other thing, and um, Jay, I'll, I'll chime in right quick. So the, mm-hmm. there is a double standard. <clears throat> now, it's a lot easier for, and, and I know that this could prompt some conversation, but I do believe that it is a lot easier and it's a lot more affordable for a woman to look presentable. As as opposed to a guy, so think about it. When we talk say that again, it's, it's it's more. Say that one more time. You cut out a little it, bit. It's more affordable for a woman to look presentable than it is for a man. There are so many options out there for women, and they could be relatively cheap. A woman can get a five dollar shirt from Walmart, and it looks extremely presentable. But men don't have the readily accessible options as women do. But that's a whole other debate. That kind of throws uh, a whole different spin to what we're talking about, uh, the affordability of the options. Uh, I think it's a lot easier. Again, for a guy, you know, if I want to put on a pair of sneakers, even if I go to Walmart to get a pair of sneakers, they're 30 40 50 bucks. But if... As a woman, I can go get a. They have apps. What do I think? It's like shoes or whatever it is. You get shoes for twenty bucks, ten bucks, five bucks. 
that you get affordable options as a woman to oh, yeah. look presentable. And I think that women have an easier time. Like Now, don't get me wrong, hair, nails, all of that stuff, even though I don't think it's a necessity, I believe that there are some extremely beautiful natural women that don't have to accessorize like that. But I do know that those things are more costly than a man going to get a $10 haircut. But when it just comes My to appearance, $10 physical, and I don't have hair. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. It, it's it's um, there, there's 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 a plus side and a minus side to both. Women right. have more options when it comes to um, clothes, I guess you could say. Shoes, their shoes are cheaper, tend to be cheaper. Um, their 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 clothes tend to be cheaper altogether. Okay, and we're talking, right. you know, we're talking mid midline. Main stuff. We're not talking about those big, big label. You know, we're talking about that crap. We're talking about the, you know, the regular stuff that you might buy on a, on a day to week basis. Okay. So, you know, that being said, um, let's go to whether or not this school, this principal, is right for instilling the dress code. Are that? And we talked about, you know, the dress code and being, you know, why and why we understand it. Are they right in doing so? Hmm. Okay. It depends. It, it depends. <laughs> I mean, it really depends on what type of issues the school had. Uh, obviously, it wasn't something that I don't think that you can make some type of change without it being provoked. So I do believe that there had to be something that said, hey, here's what's going on. Because I did uh, look at it a little bit, and I saw that, the one, the principal was a woman, so it wasn't like, hey, this is just what's going on. Uh, She did specify in a letter that she wrote to and it went to all of the parents that you are your child's first teacher and you need to set the example for your children by wearing appropriate attire on the campus helping support the school standards so I do think that when it's positioned that way I wouldn't take it as a negative because they're saying hey we have a standard we expect your children to adhere to that standard, but then when you come here, rules don't apply to you. So I do feel like, hey, if they are going to enforce this, then that would be a smart thing to let the parents know that, hey, we're asking you to do this so you can help us maintain the standards that we're setting forward for your kids. Now, I don't know... uh, I do know that they said that that letter uh, was sent out after one of the parents was sent away because she came to the school with a headscarf on and an extremely short dress. So, well, when you say extremely saying, short, let, let's 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 talk. It wasn't extremely short. It wasn't particularly long. But it, everything was covered. Everything was completely covered. And, no, it didn't go all the way to, like, the knee. Like, I can remember there being a dress code in school, like, pants or whatever had to go at least one inch below the knee or couldn't be more than one inch above the knee. I don't remember what it was. But, first of all, I'm not saying what she wore was appropriate, okay? And it, de- it definitely, you know, caused a stir. Here's why... I think that caused the stir, though. Because, for one, the head wrap she had. Now, personally, I don't have a problem with scarves, certain scarves, the silky satin scarves. I don't really have a problem with those too much as, as much as I do the bonnet. I think the bonnet is just, the bonnet is the worst. I'm going to just put it out there. I know ladies love those, but I hate them. They're the worst, but I don't have to wear them, so whatever. But the dress she had on, it, and I believe she had on slippers, too. The dress she had on or the long T-shirt she had on, 
it made it look like she really just had nothing on underneath. And that's, you know, whose fault is that? I mean, I don't know. I think that's anybody's fault. It's just what she was wearing. But let's see if she had on maybe if she didn't have the, 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 the scarf on and she had on, um, I don't know, maybe maybe a hat. Let's just say she had a hat on to cover up and not, not the, the, the hair wrap or whatever it was. And maybe she had on some sneaks or something like that. It might have went over a lot better. I think it was the the entirety of the outfit that she that she was wearing, the the, the way she presented herself in the entirety. It definitely looked like she rolled, she moved out of bed, and just went up to the school. And maybe she did. I don't know. But I think it was the entirety of the outfit. Now, if she if she if she had, you know, played it a little better, I think I think she could have got away with it. We may not be talking about that today, but. That being the case, I you know it just what's wrong with wanting to do better? Like people complain about what's wrong with wanting to be to to do better, right? Tell me right. that. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I don't I don't get it. And now, I, I know pe- people why. have a million reasons as to why they shouldn't have to. They're grown; they can do what they want to do. But what's wrong with wanting to do, to be better? Okay, two one five three eight three three nine nine two. I'll say it again real slow for the people that don't listen that fast. 215-383-3992 is the number to call. You hit us up, talk about some of the topics that we're talking about today. Ardot, you're about to say something. Uh, I was going to say on on the flip side, there were uh, some of the parents that they spoke to uh, who said that they were in support of it because they see other parents coming to the school and it looked as if they just rolled out of the bed and that it has a trickle-down effect on the students. And they said if you if the parents can get dressed up to go do other things, you can definitely get dressed up prepared to go to your child's school. Uh, she said it's not about race, as some people were portraying it, uh, because obviously the principal who penned the letter is African-American, uh, and the mother who was turned away is African-American. Uh, so they said that it was not a racial but they are trying to help lead and bring people to a higher standard, and it's not to push them out. And, and, and that is, and that's one of the things that I think we need to do. Uh, just as as a people and as a society, we need to push each other to do better. And in some cases, when that means setting a standard, that hey, you are not going to be included if you don't meet these standards. I I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because I think that is us wanting more out of each other. Uh, And that's exactly what we should want. When we want to so-called level the playing field, we should work to elevate ourselves and elevate each other because that's what's ultimately going to make things more fair. We don't want to bring people down to our level. We want to come up. And we want to be inclusive of everyone, but it also starts with the level that we expect out of ourselves. So just like they said, hey, we're looking to kind of set a standard, one, for our children, but if you're not going to enforce that standard with your children and then you're going to come here and disrespect our standard by not adhering to it, where does that leave things? They could just be. They right. could just marginalize it like everything else and say, "Hey, you know what? Come any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter because we don't have any expectation of you or your kids anyway." Mm-hmm. And then they're going to say that the school doesn't care about the kids because they don't have they don't maintain a standard. But then when they try to elevate right. the standard, it's a problem. Right. Jay, did you also see right. the other study? And I and we didn't get to talk about this in advance. There was also another study that came out that said children need more sleep. And there were maybe, I know there were at least two school districts in Delaware that were pushing the start time back to allow children to get more sleep in the morning. Yeah, there was a school here in Pennsylvania, uh, in Delaware County, Radnor High School, or Radnor School District, that was um, – I think they're looking to push that push the start time back one hour starting next year. Um, do kids need more time to sleep? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess so, but when are they going to sleep? You understand what I'm saying? Like what 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 when are they going to sleep? 
my question is, are they staying up all night? Why can't they go to bed an hour early? That exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering too. You know, we these organizations and schools and people. We tend to, and I'm going to sound real bad when I say this, but so what? We tend to do so much to make the child's life easier, right? And and as like a parent, that's what that's what you want to do as a parent because you know the world is hard. But when the world is now trying to do everything they can to make a child's life like. When does the when does the child learn to deal with adversity? Where where does that come in? I mean, there's of course there's going to be adversities, but if if the kids aren't getting enough sleep, go to bed an hour earlier, like you said. I why, why do you have to start start school later? Now, if you're talking about now, there are some schools. I think in I have a friend that lives in um, Albany or Buffalo or one of them, it's upstate New York, where they said their school their schools start later because why? Because um they so the so the kids can like be, be coming home from school when the parents are home or something like that. Now that totally makes sense to me. That totally makes sense to me. That that helps that helps uh child care costs, so, you know, if there's a daycare or something that you can't really afford, that helps, and I understand that. Now, you're, you're going into school later, and you're staying later. I get that, but now you're talking about just going to opening school an hour later, just so kids can have an, an hour more, longer to sleep? Come on, man. Really? Come on, man. That's a joke to me. I'm sorry. It's a joke. And I'm sure people have their studies and all like that. It's a joke. It's a joke. Like, if I if I went to my parents at any age and said, Mom, Dad, I really wish school started later so I can get some more sleep, they would tell me to go to bed early. I guarantee it. You too, Ardot? Well, and that's my logic because I know for a fact that, and let's just say, let's for example, school starts at, 7.30 in the morning, or most schools start around 7.30, 7.45, so let's say 7.30 is the start time. What does it take you, let's just say it takes you an hour to prep in the morning, if you're not one of those people who does it at night, which most people do, let's say you take an hour in the morning, so you got to be up by, let's say, 6 a.m. Let's just say you got to be up by 6 a.m., <clears throat> They're saying that children should have somewhere between, excuse me, nine and ten hours of sleep. So if I have to get up at six, nine to ten hours of sleep to function the right way. So if I have to get up at six a.m. and I go back ten hours, and let's say ten hours maximum, what time? Do the math on that, Jay. What time is your kid going to bed? If you have to if you have to get ten hours of sleep and you gotta get up at six? Yep. Then what's that? You're going to bed at eight o'clock. You, eight you o'clock. or you 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 wanna be sleep. Sleep by eight o'clock so you can get up at six and be have ten hours. Right. Now I was one of those kids that had a bedtime. Like when you know, when I was young, I had a bedtime. Mm-hmm. What time was your bedtime, Jay? <sighs> the last bedtime I remember and I think it was like middle school. I think it was like ten o'clock. Now, it's when I think, was in middle school, mine was when I was in middle school, mine was nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Well, I, I had to be. I, I had, had to be in, in the bed. In the bed, lights out. Nine o'clock. So even by those standards, I would have gotten nine hours of sleep. So my question is, what are these kids doing? At nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, that they're not asleep. If you're eleven years old, twelve years old, thirteen years old, what are you doing up at ten o'clock? At there's absolutely nothing on TV that you should be watching. Your homework should have definitely been done by then. 
I definitely I remind, I remember watching TV till like 10 o'clock, but I do remember having to be to bed before 11 o'clock because I think that's when Arsenio came on. So anytime I was watching <laughs> Arsenio, I was sneaking it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was sneaking watching Arsenio in the middle of the night. But well, and then, and that, I, that also goes into the other part of it. Just because I tell you to go to bed at 8 o'clock doesn't mean you're going to sleep at 8 o'clock. Exactly. So exactly. now, because let's say the average kid, let's just say the average kid goes to sleep at you know, at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. Now we're going to push back the start of school to accommodate them. You know what that turns into? It turns into what I deal with right now as a boss. I it, People come to me and say, hey, yeah, I know my work schedule is 8 to 5, but I'm just too tired in the morning. I can't come in until 10. <laughs> And you know what I Listen, tell people? You know, you know what else it's going to turn into? I'm sorry, were you, were you finished? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you know I what was else it's going to turn into? Okay, you know what? what else it's going to turn into? It's going to turn into kids going to bed an hour later and still right. not getting the rest that they're supposed to get. Right. That's what's going to happen because then they're going to wake up at like the time that, you know, an hour later than they usually wake up and they're still going to be tired and, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to make a difference. It's not. I think we just make things so easy now. I think we just, we try to make things societally. We try to make things so easy on the kids. And it's not just for kids. It's not just for kids, though. They try to make things easy, period. Like, people aren't able to figure things out for their own and, and work hard on their own. Like they just try. They do. They try to make things so easy. And, it, you know, life ain't supposed to be easy. That's why I was told, you know, life is hard. That's why you learn things as a youth. That's why you go through things as a youth. That's why when you are, let's say, um, when, when, when you go through, they always say that sports, kids playing sports, is a great way to learn about life because they're going to go through adversities. They're going to, they're going to have successes. They're going to have failures. They're going to have adversities. They're going to have things that are going to be very difficult for them. They're going to learn how to get through. They're going to have things that come easy to them. They're going to have to help other people succeed at times. Okay, that you know these things are going to happen, and when you make things easier for them throughout life, when do they go through the adversity? When do they when when do they earn the, their successes? Okay, when do they well, learn me, from their failures? If everything's so easy. Since we talked about it at it. Since we were talking about athletics and you looped athletics into it, I want to read to you something that I was actually going to post later on today. Uh, and you may even want to share this with, with the kids that you coach, so I'm going to send it to you as well. Uh, it says, the nine habits of mentally tough athletes. They wake up early, number one. Two, they are on time. Three, they are open to feedback and criticism. Four, they are stubbornly positive. Five, they understand values and purpose. Six, they stand up for and help others. Seven, they fight through fatigue. Eight, they constantly read and learn. And nine, they bounce back and battle adversity. So those are the nine habits of mentally tough athletes. Uh, those, I, I feel like those are principles that were instilled in me from athletics and I started playing sports when I was five. Uh, so throughout life, I carried a lot of those things. And you, you know me, I'm a stickler for a lot of these same exact things as an employer uh, because these are things that they were valued to me as a very young person. Uh, I took these on when I started working at the age of 15. They carried on throughout my adult life. Uh, so it's a learned behavior. And when we instill things like, hey, we're going to make it easier for these kids by changing times to adjust for them, they don't battle any adversity. They don't have to adjust. Right. They don't have to deal with challenges because we make Real it all easy. All of a sudden has revolved around them. And then when all of a sudden the world no longer revolves around them, they are offended and they feel like mm -hmm. they are entitled to certain things that they're not being given anymore. 
or we're taking away from them when we should just be giving them more. There you have it. There you have it. And I'm not saying the kids need to have a tough life. Like, no, I don't want any kid to have a tough life. I just want them to know how to be able to handle adversity once they become an adult. And they're not just, like, baffled. And and, and 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 feeling frustrated and, and they just don't know what to do. Okay, and I, in every situation you're gonna need some help, of course, and, or you're gonna need you know somebody to talk to, whatever the case may be. But don't get into a situation where you have no idea how you're gonna deal with something. How you know how you're gonna get through it, where it just feels too overwhelming to me. Go through something and then you figure it out. All right, two one five three eight three three nine nine two. Real quick, I'm gonna get into the tweet by Gary Owens. Gary Owens, for the people that may not know, Gary Owens is a comedian, stand-up comedian, uh, Caucasian. Um, And he made a name for himself by telling jokes about the black community through the eyes of a white comedian. And um, he's a very very funny comic. He's been on Comic View. Um, He's been in uh, Think Like a Man, Think Like a Man 2. He's been, you know, different. He was in, um, what was that movie with Ice Cube and, and Kevin Hart? Um, Ride Along, Ride Along 2. He's in Ride Along 2. Might have been Ride Along 1. It might have been both. Now I think about it. I don't know. But he was in, he was definitely, uh, yeah, he was definitely in the first one, and he might have been in the second one too. I don't remember. But anyway, so if you've been following the NBA playoffs, you know that Damian Lillard hit an amazing 37 to 39 foot three pointer to end the season for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. And it was amazing. It was a buzzer beater shot. It was ridiculous. All right. I, I was at work watching it and I screamed. <laughs> okay, yes, I screamed. Um and oh, I should say I yelled, I hollered, okay. Anyway. I think No, I was like, oh, oh. More like that. Okay. So um on Thursday, you know, that's when the shot was made. Was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. No. It was Wednesday, wasn't it? Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Anyway. Uh, he took to Twitter after watching the Portland Trailblazers, um, Oklahoma City Thunder game after Damian Lillard hit the, the winning shot. He wrote, if Portland's coach could say the N-word, that would be the perfect time. This N-word just hit that ish. Wow. And and he put N-word. Like, he didn't say the word. He put actual N-word. Now, we've had this conversation. Right? We had this conversation just last week. I had the conversation right. many times. Fair or foul, Ardot. <sighs> That's been your response to everything. You know, you know, I'm still, I got to hold true to what I said last week. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Uh, we know what Gary Owen is known for, obviously. Uh, he's a comedian. He is he is a comedian who is always constantly involved in black culture. Uh, his wife is African-American. So it it is not like these things are foreign to him. And again, with the way that he used it in that sentence, in, in his comedy, I took no offense to it whatsoever just because I could understand exactly what his intent was. And again, I know we kind of talked last week about intent versus delivery and what, you know, what that word means. And, you know, I'm a strong believer in that the word only has the power that you give it. So I didn't feel like there was any negative connotation with it. I feel like it was a very funny comment. It definitely was funny. Uh, But in the era of how sensitive we are to our racial climate, is this going to be a detriment? It'll be be a detriment to his career going forward. It definitely will. Um, You know, when you, when you're dealing with comedy, it's comedy is is a whole nother, is a a whole nother thing. Um, and, And that being said, um, I, I when I when I first read, it, I was like, ooh. But knowing what his comedy is, you know, I, I I feel like he had he was given political license because a lot of things that he said and he's never been checked on, but never has been offensive. 
Now, that that was borderline, but it, but see, comedians have a little bit of comedic license there. So, you know, that's something that we can get into next week. Uh, we, we ran out of time today. I want to thank everybody for dealing with us through the technical difficulties. Remember, you can catch the replay of this show all week long on New Twist Radio. I'll put the I'll put the advertisement out there. We're out of here. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at New Twist Radio. We'll talk to y'all next week. We out of here. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.